America's Card Room is bringing the Online Super Series 6. From April 15th to April 24th, you'll find 76 killer events spread out over 10 days with buy-ins as low as 6 cents. The OSS 6 has $2.5 million in prize pools, including the $1 million guaranteed tournament on Sunday, April 24th. Only at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 84, sponsored by americascardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back from americascardroom.com, simply sign up for your account by clicking on any one of the adverts on the oneouter.com website. That's all you need to do. Follow us on Twitter at oneouter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash oneouter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on oneouter.com website and also via iTunes for free. Just search One Outer Podcast. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then the best way to do it is email questions at oneouter.com or alternatively tweet them or Facebook them and we will get them read out on a future show. Alex, episode 84, you were feeling really bad last week. But we still managed to extract some value from you. So, uh, how, how are you this week? I'm good. You were gonna feel real dumb if I died. It was like, uh, like, like yeah, we got, we yeah. got. Well, we got a little more out of him. You know, yeah, we squeezed him yeah. just for a little bit. I'm good. Yeah, we, we ran, we ran him into the ground, and like, yeah, let's exactly. move on. I, I would need to do another one. I would need to be like, uh, go and find some other previous guest and say. Uh, you know, like Alex has died. Uh, you want to do like, and you know, I like, you know, like, uh, yeah. could get like, see if someone else is want to do a Q and A thing and get them on. But uh, I know, I think, I think if you die, that'll be at the end of the show. Like, I'll just, I'll maybe, I'll maybe go back to like randomly interviewing some uh, other pros and stuff like that. Yeah. It was quite funny there actually when I came on Skype. Like I'm never really on Skype apart from this now. And uh, I was on, and like Huck Seed just popped up. He's online. Wow, and uh, we, we were going to, I never interviewed him, but we were always going to uh, arrange it. And then one thing led to another, and like we never really like pinned it down. But I was sitting there, I was like, hmm, I was like, he'd be a good one still to do, would, you know what I mean? Like, would, yeah. Man, yeah. It was funny, like back in the day when Full Tilt was going, I was deep in a tournament, actually, final table, like some tournament, like first was like 15k. And Huck Seed, I was speaking to him on Skype at the same time, like trying to arrange an interview. And I was like, sorry, I'm just like, I'm really deep in a tournament. He's like, oh, no, don't be stupid. Go and concentrate. What are you, what uh, tournament? And I told him, and it was on full time. He was like, yeah, I'll, I'll rail you. And he was railing me. Oh, my God. Like, That's talk, cool. Talk, we were talking over Skype, and he was like, oh, what did you have there? I was like, like, pocket sevens or something. He's like, yeah, you played it fine, you know. And it was so good. It's the first time I burst out a tournament, and it was like, yeah, uh, awesome. yeah <laughs> said it was the right play. So, and he's the type of guy that tell me if it was shit as well. So I was like, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't feel one bit of like, oh, I burst. I was like, oh fuck. Huxley just railed me, you know. Like for about an hour and a bit, you know, the final that's table. Right. Exactly. It was great. It was good fun. Anyway, like sidetrack. No, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, so what's been happening? You're all fighting fit? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm just, uh, well, like, okay, I had a lot of time to sit sit around uh, because I was just kind of sick. And, yeah, I kind of I, I, I kind of said, like, hey, I got this big list of things I want to do every day, but I have no, my big problem is I don't know when I'm supposed to do them. And I was trying to kind of 
what I usually do is I have like a list of things I want to do each day and I kind of get to each one when it works. Uh, but that just wasn't working for my recent schedule. And then, yeah, so I was kind of frustrated. Like even before I got sick, I was like, man, I'm not getting the things done. I really want to get done. And then, uh, uh, and then, you know, I got sick and I, that was kind of like a weird moment because I was like, I, 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 there, there was a, there was a point for like four days. I like couldn't get out of bed. And my wife was like, if this gets to day five, we got to take you to the hospital. And like, I knew somebody who like, I knew of somebody, I didn't like really know this person, but I knew of somebody who had died, like with my like similar symptoms. Right. It ended up being something with the stomach. And, uh, I, I was just pretty terrified to be honest. I was kind of, the thing I was most worried about, I wasn't really worried about like, oh crap, all the things I'm not going to get to do, you know, and all that. I, I was really just worried about like, you know, my, my wife and my mother are not like really having a breadwinner. Cause like men are really good at like stupidly putting their head to the grindstone. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's kind of what we're good at. Right. But yeah, once I started feeling healthier, I said, like, I feel great, you know, uh, this is like just such a gift from God. And I started writing down, like, what do I want to get done every day? Right. And it's a long schedule. Like I've been working from like eight in the morning till like 11 p.m. each night. But I'm like happier than I've ever been because like I get two full days off. Right. I'm still working like a full, you know, I'm still work like 50 hours a week or whatever. I, let's see, 12 hours times four. So like 48 hours, probably 50 hours because I go late sometimes. But I, I was just sitting there in my bed, like unable to get out. Like I couldn't even read. Right. And like I, I was like <laughs> I, I was just like scribbling, like, how am I going to get this done? Right. And I, I really I found it. I, I was trying to like look up ways that like I could start like feeling better when I was working longer hours. And something I found out was like. Like you're supposed to drink eight glasses of water a day, but if you're, uh, I, I'm 220 pounds, right? And, uh, I'm six foot tall, six foot, maybe, maybe like six foot one, right? I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I guess that's like 1.87, uh, 1.87 meters. And, uh, I guess that would be like 105 kilos. I'm not, not really sure. And, uh, what is that? Is that 110? No, 105, I think. 105. Anyway, but like, uh, if you're like that big of a dude, you got to drink a lot more water than what I was drinking, right? And then if you're playing poker all day or you're like working on something creatively, right? Like I love what we do here like with one outer, but it is very intense, you know what I mean? Trying to come up with like really easy, you know, really easy solutions to complex answers like really is taxing. And I really, you know, like it uses up your mind. Your mind uses up like 30 to 40% of your calories and it takes up a God knows how much of the water. Right. And, uh, I started real, I was like, okay, I'm going to work. Like everybody says you can't work these hours, but I kind of like working this much. And now that I know what it's like to stay in bed for five days, I never want to do that again. And, uh, when I come back, I'm going to drink like 15 glasses of water a day and I'm going to manage what times I drink my coffee and I'm going to, and it's just been a blast, man. I've been I, I've been final tabling things left and right. Uh, I've been, I've been getting uh, I, I've sold four articles. I've, I've been uh, I, I, I've been w working on like my self publishing stuff. You know, it's just been it, it's been a really good time. I've been 
been really happy. I saw a football game, like your kind of football, Barry. It was, it was that game is actually pretty interesting when you can focus on it. That's uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool. I watched Costa Rica versus Jamaica. That was awesome. I went to the game, dude. I'm so cheap. I'm so cheap. Like I can cancel a, I, I can cancel uh, I can cancel a lesson because like if I'm not going to be a hundred percent, I'm not going to be charging somebody two hundred dollars for a lesson, right? That I, I that's just not in my makeup. Like two hundred dollars for an hour, like that's not going to happen, right? But if uh, I'd already bought the tickets, right, to go see Costa Rica versus Jamaica, I was like, I'm not. So like I literally like kind of limped to the stadium <laughs> to go see it, right? And it was. <laughs> It was awesome. It was pretty cool. I realized... What was the score? Uh, 3-0. It wasn't, like, a good game by any means, but, like, I'd never I'd never been with so many, like... I kind of understood you guys, why you guys are into it. Like, it was really exciting when they finally, you know, like, it, 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 like they're passing it between each other and they're actually getting near the goal. It's like, ooh, like, this is cool when you can see it, right? And, uh, well, Costa Rica actually did well. They yeah, they're good. Like, they, they, they did well. They, they surprised a lot of people. They're good. You know why I think that is? Is like there's not a lot of space here, so they play uh, football de salon or futsal. They, 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 yeah. they, they play like really close quarters, so you got to get really – for those of you who don't know, that's like a miniature game. I think it's popular in the United Kingdom, Brazil, and some – other countries? Yeah, I, th- I think it's, obviously, I think it originated from Brazil, and it's a heavier, smaller ball they use. Yeah, they use, ball. like, a heavier ball. Yeah, essentially, the big thing is you can't kick the ball away, so you got to get really, like, Pele and Ronaldo and all those guys had to get really good at, like, handling the ball. Like, they, uh-huh. yeah, it was funny. They used to think it was because they played on the beach, and it was like, they asked, like, 30 of the best Brazilian players in the world, like, how much did you play on the beach growing up? Uh, never. Like, why, why would I do that? Like, but yeah, no. Oh, baseball season has started, too. I'm so excited for that, dude. Baseball, like, Americans, you can always tell what America, you can tell Americans are always working based on the sports that they're into. And not, not like working, doing anything productive, but always, like, distracted doing something else. Because we like American football, which, like, reportedly has, like, four minutes of action. You know what I mean? In like a 48 minute game and Mm. baseball, like nothing happens for four hours. It's just (laughs) you have it on in the background while you're working and, you know, you kind of listen to the people talk and, you know, it's a bunch of fat guys scratching their ass, making $58 million. (laughs) And then just once in a while they start screaming. You look up at the screen, you feel like, Ooh, I'm paying attention to some sporting events. It's like that two that 250 pound man is trying to outrun that 320 pound man. <laughs> yeah, I just don't get baseball at all. It's an Amer- it's an American thing. If you don't grow, up, th- to me, it's like literally like my dad always had the Mariners on growing up, like at all times, and then my stepdad did too. And they were kind of both of them worked so much, right? Like I I don't think like I, I like I'm not joking. I don't think they could really focus on much of anything else, right? Because they were just kind of you know, like drifting in and out of sleep because, they, you know, my stepfather coming back from like a, like a steel mill. And then uh, my, my dad's a commercial fisherman. Right. So like, I'm just used to having it on in the background. Right. And like all the noises, like the crack of the bat and everything are like really, 
they resonate and cause a lot of nostalgia in me, but I'd have no idea why people watch it if I didn't grow up. But, like the, you never meet a kid from like Chile who's like, God, I just love baseball. Like it's mm. every, have you ever noticed all the countries that are into baseball got invaded by the United States? Like literally like Costa Rica makes all the balls for major league baseball, right? There has never been a Costa Rican player ever. Right. They, they show my wife said they show them baseball like growing up and everybody is like, this is the stupidest game I could ever imagine. Why does anybody play this? Like yeah. and then. But yeah, the countries that love it. Let's look at the countries that love it. Nicaragua, Venezuela, Panama. Well, not not as much Panama, uh, South Korea, Japan, like those like it, it's all it's always a country that the United States like came in and like kick the ass of so I'm expecting some amazing amazing Iraqi players here in about 10 15 years (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah baseball just not as I say I always thought maybe American football the tactics this and that if so if I sat and watched it and you know understood it I could probably get into that but baseball I'm like no 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 I could like if you sat with me and I, I I explained a football game to you I've 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 made that challenge to like five Costa Ricans. I'm like, let me explain an American football game to you, and we'll watch every single one of them. At the end, is like, this is so cool. I love this game. I would never make that challenge with baseball in a million years. <laughs> like, there yeah. is no way I could make it that interesting, right? Like, it's just, it's 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 one of those games. Well, I I don't know. I feel the same way. Like, when I watch cricket, I'm like, is this a sport? Like, I don't know what this is. Like, I'm not trying to be mean. I just don't get it. Like, I don't... Yeah, I'm the same with cricket. I don't, yeah, I, I don't understand <laughs> it. I'm not interested. That's the crazy thing. Didn't didn't the United Kingdom come up with it? And yet, 90% of British people I know are like, yeah, I don't get it, dude. I don't... It's just kind of there. It's a big English thing. There's not many Scottish people that really like cricket. All right, good. You and me will be united. See, I'll, no. I'll teach you American football. We'll get those Nancy boys to play, and then you can hit them. And then, yeah, yeah anyway. All right, I guess we should get into some questions. Yeah, um, okay, let's get into the questions. We have one here from Dominic McAvoy, who yeah. has emailed him before. He's uh, yeah, hello, I hope things are good. I haven't been in contact with you in a while, as I thought I'd let the other listeners ask their questions. <laughs> I've still been listening every Thursday and learning loads from the show. I do have a question for Alex if you can fit it in sometime in the future. This is the future, Dominic. Um, I'm studying the I'm studying the dunk betting webinar at the moment. Alex mentions to ask yourself these three questions about your hand when considering dunk betting. Is your hand good enough to check call? Is your hand good enough to check raise? Is your hand bad enough to check fold? He says if the answer to each of these is no, then consider Duncan. Can he elaborate on each as the webinar doesn't really? I haven't. I have that to check race fool, and it's my next topic to study. So I imagine that will shed some light on the subject. In fact, a lot of light. Thanks. Uh, not really. Uh, the, check, <laughs> the check raise one kind of goes off on its own tangents. Uh, thanks for writing in, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for checking out the wa- webinars. God bless you. Uh, seriously, I just want to thank all you guys who come out and support. Like, uh, I have the time of my life, like making these webinars and presenting them to you guys. And so many of you guys came out, uh, to the professionals mindset. I really appreciate that. We got a, I got a new web. Well, actually I should announce it. We got a, 
new webinar coming up the 16th. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, it's a, uh, yeah, Barry was like, do you want to talk about anything in today's episode? I was like, nah, not really. <laughs> like, I, I guess my new webinar would be one of them, but yeah, it's going to be called one hour a day. It, it's going to be about mastering poker with one hour a day, like what you're supposed to be focusing on. And I'm really going to be like breaking it down, like how to find your leaks and like hammer on them. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk, you know, we'll talk about that after we get done with this question. Uh, essentially, the idea behind gong betting is you're trying to find a hand that doesn't really neatly fit into any other range. So let's take a board. Uh, I always use this board as an example. I'm not really sure why. So let's say the board is something like 10 of hearts, 8 of hearts, 5 of spades, and you have queen, jack of spades. Now, this is a, now obviously, you know, your hand has a lot of value. It has the gut shot. It has a couple, has a couple over cards. It has a backdoor flush draw. Uh, if the turn's a king or an ace, it, 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 it makes an eight-out straight draw. So you know your hand has a lot of value here, but it might not neatly fit into any range. Like, let's say, uh, let, let's say you check call. Well, you're still going to miss the turn a majority of the time, and a lot of the cards that help you on the turn still don't give you anything. So a lot of times you'll end up check calling for the opportunity to check call and miss the river 80% of the time. So that doesn't really work out all that well. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, <coughs> uh, but yeah, uh, sorry, that just came out of nowhere. And then, uh, like, so check call might not work all that well. However, if you check raise, uh, let's say you check raise and uh, there, there's a, uh, it, it, let's say you check raise and the pot, the stack sizes are like 30, 40 big lines deep or even less. So uh, in tournament poker, this happens quite a bit. A lot of times you're just going to get jammed on or folded to So it doesn't really have much. It really doesn't matter how much equity you have on the turn. Uh, just, just because it's really unlikely you're going to get to that turn. And obviously it doesn't fit into a check folding range. Uh, so, that that would be that would be a great example of a hand that doesn't really fit into any range. Now, hands that would fit into like a check folding range are pretty obviously anything that really bricks. Uh, sometimes, like on that board, like let's say I have five six on the ten eight five board with no backdoor draws, and my opponent like bets all three streets. Like that's something I know for sure. Uh, that could be that could be part of my check folding range, right? Or it, it it can't be in my check calling range, right? It would have to go into my check raising range or dog leading range, but it can't be in my check calling range. But a check call, I'm complicating things here. Like the, your check folding range should be just like misses with no backdoor draws, especially when the guy has a propensity to bet the turn. Uh, your check raising range, I think, should be hands that like really miss the board, uh, like but have like one backdoor draw. Like, let's say you have on that board, you have, uh, let, let's say you have uh, fourth, uh, I, this is a, like you have something like king seven of spades, right? There, you do have a backdoor draw, you do have a backdoor, or that's a bad one because you have backdoor straight draws as well. Uh, like you have like king six of spades, you only really have like a backdoor flush draw, that's not really that much. Uh, it's nice if you check raise and you get caught and you turn the flush draw, you can jam and have some equity. But most of the equity that you're going to be having uh, is going to be, uh, hold on, let me turn my cell phone off just so that doesn't cause any interference. Uh, <clears throat> uh, 
but like uh you want something that like has missed the board so you could just take advantage of the fact in a check raise pot the guy's going to jam or fold so there's really no equity you're surrendering when your play doesn't work and obviously your check raising range should, in should include some sets and two pairs and stuff uh your check calling range uh, should be pretty expansive if the guy doesn't bet the turn it, there's a lot of guys whose turn double barrel is like 20 30 40 percent uh, in which case, like, I will check all pretty light on the flop, sometimes even with this hand I just described, the queen jack of spades, because that's the kind of guy that's going to let you see the river for free. And then if you do miss, you've perfectly represented, like, a, th a good 10 by check calling, and then you can leave the river and get him to fold uh, some superior ace highs, maybe some small pairs and stuff like that. Uh, and the, it, it, essentially... Uh, when it just doesn't really work in any of the ways I just described, then you should heavily consider a donk bet. Your donk bet should be around uh, two-thirds the size of the pot. The reason for this is if you can imagine, like, raising a guy calling you and then the board coming out and him leading two-thirds the size of the pot, the pot that's a pretty, pretty off-putting bet, right? Yet this bet mathematically only needs to work 40% of the time, which means your opponent needs to defend with 60% of his hands. Now, that means he's going to have to play some high cards. Like, statistically, that's going to mean he must play high cards, right? And if he doesn't play high cards, uh, there's not really uh, – well, he's going to be folding too much. And a lot of guys just will not play a high card when they lead, uh, when they get let into two-thirds of the sizes. But that's something I've been experimenting with quite a bit lately is just, like, bigger bets out of position with my value hands and without them uh, ju just because – like, you, you get them to fold, like, twice, then they get sick of you. And the third time you bet, like, three-fourths the size of the pot with, like, top pair, no kicker. They just jam, like, second pair. And it, it, it's been really working. It, it's led to a couple final tables this week. It's been, it's been very interesting. I'm loving playing poker, by the way, Barry. I just, like, lately I've been, I, I've been playing cards and, you know, just I got my baseball up. And I'm, I'm not playing on Poker Stars. Praise be to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Uh, I'm playing on uh, America's Card Room a lot. I'm playing on Party a lot. I'm playing on 888 and just, like, really grinding it out. And it's like, mm -hmm. God, it's just so fun, man, just, like, grinding it out. Especially the late-night poker tournaments. Like, people play so bad late at night in the North American schedule. They're just like, you know, they're like, oh, 7 p.m., you know, I got time for a, uh, you know, I got time for a tournament. And then, you know, like 10 p.m., they don't have that many chips. It's like, man, I got work tomorrow. I got to get out of this. Like, you know what I mean? And uh, it's just, uh, man, it's been incredible. Let me tell you guys about my webinar. Is that cool, Barry? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I, I just want you guys, uh, uh, if you guys want more details on it, uh, write me at assassinatorcoaching at gmail.com. I'll be happy to answer whatever questions you have. Uh, and, uh, also I can send you the email. I'm going to send all my subscribers today, uh, to my mailing list. If you guys haven't subscribed to the mailing list, Barry, my, 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 does anyone put in more work? Like I'm not, I hate false modesty. Okay. But like, I don't like bragging, but I hate false modesty. Does anyone, could you imagine anybody else is putting together on their own, uh, uh, a newsletter like that every week with that much strategy content. Do you think that, do you think no. that exists somewhere else? No, it doesn't exist. No. There's free training videos. There's free articles. Uh, I send about one like advertisement for like every 20, 30 emails. 
I mean, for every like 20, 30 strategy articles. So it's like, it's a nice ba- balance. I'm trying to be relentlessly helpful to you guys. And it's been working out. You guys really like pay it back, by the way. I really want to thank you for that. That's a, I, I've always kind of had this theory, and every time I tell this to poker players, I'm like, if you help typical people out with their game for free in poker, they will pay it back at some point, right? Like, usually, you know, everybody's got different thresholds. Some guys, it's like, I, I have to win a WSOP before I get coaching, right? You're probably not going to talk to them, right? But, like, for some guys, it's like, well, if I get, like, a five-figure score, I'm going to get coaching. And, that, you know, if they get that and they remember something in your article and route, they're going to talk to you. And it's pretty – it's been pretty cool. So I really appreciate you guys for doing that. I, it's been really helping me, too. I'm clearing out my tax debt, like, really rapidly, which is awesome, like, because that's something that's always pissed me off for years. And it's finally, like, manageable and almost done with. And then, you know, I can just focus on, like, buying off my house and then, you know, buying the studio – outright and then anyway okay sorry i'm ranting too much coffee today barry too much <laughs> how's your fizzy juice you back on the fizzy uh, juice no no not drinking it at all good not for you man i yeah. i stopped i stopped with it too it just wasn't wasn't making me feel good after a while just uh not i don't know what it is uh, back to the black coffee and water but yeah uh with this new webinar uh in uh, yeah again write me if you need anything or whatever and i'll i'll forward the email uh, it's called one hour a day because I have a lot of students that are like, look, I love this game, but I want to become like a really good player. I, but I don't really want to quit my day job, uh, because I really like my job and it's really stable. But at the same time, I want to be one of the best. Is that possible? And I would say, absolutely. That's possible. I can't tell you how many hours I've wasted. Like, you know, uh, it, it, people think like if I play a lot of poker, I'm going to learn how to play po- uh, poker. That's not really true. Uh, we all knew people on Poker Stars that played all day, every day, who could not play poker at all. You know what I mean? They were just kind of there picking up their rake back points, right? Uh, in the, the, it, I've played a lot of poker, but I can tell you there have been years where I have not developed, right? Yet when I, uh, I kind of went broke, I decided to like really start learning and I like restructured my game. I found there was a lot of things that could build your game like really quickly. And I started like basing my lessons around that, uh, like what can build people's games like really quickly. And it's been a really, it's been a great experience because it's working for most people in the professional's mindset. Uh, in the professional's mindset, uh, we kind of discuss how you could rapid, rapidly learn. In this one, one hour, one hour a day, uh, learn poker through one hour a day. Uh, we're going to discuss what you should be learning. I'm going to give you a comprehensive guide for how you can identify your leaks. Uh, once you identify your leaks, I'm going to talk about specifically uh, how you can like deliberately practice, like how you can review the hands, what you should be looking for, uh, what you should be, uh, how you should be learning from that particular. Uh, how you should be learning from that particular thing. Uh, There's going to be a lot of follow-up to this. So there's going to be like free webinars that come after this uh, that'll show you how to do more stuff. It's one of those things. I think this webinar is going to be like three, four hours. I have enough content to like go further and further, but I just, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do some free webinars to bring you guys into the fold. But like the, you know, the stuff that's like really, 
good to start off with is going to be in this webinar, but I'm, I'm going to do a couple follow-ups for free. That'll really help you if you go to this w webinar, right? And then we're going to have some paid follow-ups, you know, eventually when I get like a lot of the premium content put together. But like this stuff, like the stuff I'm going to put out for free is going to be stuff like uh, how do you run Cardrunners EV? There's like a hundred. I don't feel like good charging for that because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of articles like, uh, about that for free. There's a lot of videos about that for free online and it doesn't feel right to charge for it. But I would also like to show you like me, like telling you how to do it. Uh, so I can be like, look, this really tripped me up because I think the, the problem with a lot of the videos that show you how to run poker software is it's, it's a, it's a very bright guy with computers showing you how to do it. And you know, I'm kind of a normal dude and I can show you like, Hey, look, this is what messed me up. Uh, so pay really good attention to this. And I think that could be valuable, but I, I don't want to charge you guys for that. So what I'm going to start with is just leak finders, how to like identify where you're playing bad, how to get better, like really fast. Uh, and uh, also like what strategically you should be looking for, like what statistics are just like the, you know, like the, the keystone to like figuring out a lot of these uh, strategies. Uh, we're going to talk about the biggest leaks that most people have. Because if you watch, like, I kind of, like, studied, like, rapid learning, and I got to help uh, do uh, Dr. Trisha Cardner for helping me with this, uh, with a lot, uh, her, her, a lot of this stuff is in her books as well. But, uh, like, the best golfers in the world, hey, 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 Barry, you're Scottish, you like golf, right? Eh? Yeah, 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 masters, masters, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, you like those goofy pants? You like them? <laughs> uh, Golf's a beautiful game, I just... That's one of those games I get. I just can't watch. It's just too boring for me. But, like, yeah. Did you see the new Tiger Woods article in Sports Illustrated? No. Oh, uh, you should check it out. It, it, it's just a picture of Tiger, like, winning the Masters, and then it just says what happened uh, yeah. on, on the front. It's just all about, like, what's been going on with him. And, you know, it, he they, they couldn't get in touch with him for the article, but it's pretty uh, – uh, it's probably one of the best, like, it's one of the best, like, reports I've read in the last couple of years about, like, any sports figure, so you should check it out. Uh, but, Will do. But, yeah, uh, like, they, they look at, golfers are incredible at learning how to play, like, at peak performance, because it's an intensely mental game and a precise game, right? And it's a grueling game. And they find out the guys that are, like, the best. Uh, they find out what their weaknesses are and they relentlessly batter it, right? Like they go, like if their chipping game is not good, they're they're going to be just chipping for eight hours for like a month, right? And uh, eight hours a day for a month, right? And uh, if their putting game is not good, like that's all they work on for months at a time. They don't go in like, well, my drive is, you know, 350. I'm going to go hit a bucket of balls, right? Again, because that's what makes me feel good about myself. Yep, that's what a lot of us do is we just kind of autopilot the games that we feel uh, – we autopilot the games that we feel that we're good at, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, we autopilot the strategies we feel that we're good at, and we don't really push ourselves. Um, a, lot of, a lot of training videos focus on, like, here's this, like, really cool play you could use. A lot of times I, I think the pro means well, but – the pro doesn't understand like that's not the minimum effective dose. That's not what's going to get you huge gains, right? Like right away. I tried to focus on what's going to get you like huge gains. 
And I've studied a lot of different databases. And uh, I, I've studied a lot of different databases. And uh, I, I think I've come up with what uh, is really going to be, uh, I, I think I've come up with what's really going to be helpful. And uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it, it's really interesting. Uh, and if you do come to this webinar, you will get a free copy of That's a Check Race Fool or Dissecting the Dog Bet. Uh, whichever one corresponds with your leak, uh, you, because that if, uh, it, well, most likely that's going to be one of your leaks will be answered by that. So instead of like, go buy another product, I, I'm just going to give you one of those depending on your choice. And uh, also, we're going to talk about some other like big leaks that come up a lot of the time. And then we're going to talk about how you can hammer it. It's going to be a lot of material. Uh, it's going to be a lot of material like it, that's a check raise fool and dissecting the dog bed. Like one of the biggest, uh, well, like, uh, it, it, like uh, one of the biggest ones that comes up is like calling down too much. Uh, tournament players are actually like really bad at calling down uh, too much. And not like re in the ones that aren't really bad just are a little off. And what they don't realize is being a little off can like, bring your win rate down like 30%, right? Like if you do like bad hero calls, like a, that it, once in a while, like that's like 12, 15, 20 big blinds, like down the drain, right? Like every session, right? That really cuts into your ROI quite a bit, right? And we're going to talk about like how to hero call more effectively, how to barrel down more effectively. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people do not how to know how to like get value from their hands. We talk a lot about that. Like a lot of like pre-flop analysis has gone into my previous videos. Uh, we're going to be doing, uh, uh, we're going to be doing a lot more of the post-flop analysis this time. Uh, we're also going to be, uh, it, it, we're also going to be discussing like how to make like a training schedule that works for like one hour a day. I have like a sample one that my student does that I think is pretty effective. Uh, I have some specific things that I think you should hammer on uh, that you can be like looking at. And it's because I talk to a lot of guys and they're like, yeah, I study like 10 hours a week. And I'm like, well, you should be learning a little bit more. And I just find they're really scattered, right? And it's, uh, these are the topics, like I always say work from big to small. These are the bigger topics. So, you know, a lot of, uh, I just gave a couple examples there. There's going to be, uh, there, there's going to be some others. So a lot of leak identifying, a lot of hammering the leaks, uh, a lot of like making good study schedules and stuff like that, uh, how to go after it and uh, what you should be uh, what you should be studying that time. Uh, you will I will give you a free webinar based on what I think your most likely leak is going to be. So you can look in your database after this webinar. And if you find like uh, your leak is you don't three bet enough. Uh, you, you don't, you can, you can request a free copy if you flat too much. If you find that, uh, your big blind play, the big blind play is, uh, where a lot of people find their leaks. Uh, you can request a copy of that's a check race fool or dissecting the donk rat. That'll be absolutely free. That's my gift to you for signing up and continuing to support. Uh, there will be, uh, there's also going to be a 30% discount if you're a subscriber to the mailing list. So this is kind of a one outer tip. Just sign up for the mailing list before you write yeah. me, and then I'll lo I'll look it up. And then all right, there you go. And then uh, we'll move in. But yeah, I'm a. I, I guess you can kind of hear it in my voice. I'm pretty excited about it because 
there's nothing worse than like shoveling. You know what I mean? There's, there's been a few times like a, a training site has been like, I want you to do a training video on this. And I've gotten like, you know, like 20 minutes into the production. Like I have 20 minutes of production. I'm like, dude, I'm just like shoveling crap. Like, I don't really believe this is effective. Like, and then I've told them and then they, they get mad and blah, blah, blah. Right. And, but this is like the stuff I really use. I really think it's effective. That's really, uh, I think, I really do believe like if you study one hour a day and you're like really studious about it and you do go out there and try to play poker as often as you can. Right. I do believe you can become like a, like a top tier poker professional. You don't even have to quit your job if you don't want in this kind of stuff. If you can devote like two, three hours a day is just monstrous. Right. But like most things, the thing you got to recognize about most regulars is 99% of them do not study like period. And, uh, well, here's the thing to understand about poker. <clears throat> 90, it's something like 93% of uh, people who play on a poker site do not make money, right? Or it's 95%, depending on which one you read. So 95% of the people you play with do not make money. Of that 5% that do make money, um, only 10% of them, 5% of them study anything, right? Okay, so you're getting the fractions of a percent. Now, of that 5% that actually studies anything, only about 1% actually has like a really good study regimen. What I hear a lot of the time is, I watch videos, man. I should be way better at poker. And it's like, that 9 out of 10 poker videos are absolutely worthless. Uh, I mean, like 9 out of 10 training videos are just worthless, right? And I, I mean worthless. Like, I was watching a training video on what is supposed to be this really good site uh, the other day. And there was a guy turning top pair into a bluff on the river. And he was like, yeah, I'm turning my hand into a bluff because I think this guy could have a lot of bluffs or he has like the nuts, which is the absolute worst strategy you could come up with. Because if he has the nuts, he's never folding. If he's bluffing you, you should just call with top pair because you're winning anyway. And he's never going to call your value raise if he's bluffing. Right. And like, you know, like, I'm like, how do you publish this and not feel bad about it? Right. And like, sure enough, there were guys like going like, Oh, this is a really bad play in the chat. And then, you know, and the guy won't even fess up to it. He won't be like, yeah, it was a misclick or something like that. He was like, no, 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 this has validity. And it's like, this is what I see. Like, this is, it's never quite that bad, but to, I have a trained eye <clears throat> to me, like who has a trained eye, like 90% of poker training videos have just glaring errors, right? Like in the, that's something, one of the reasons I signed up with card runners is like th their big focus is like ape styles and Matthew John, who I, I think are like two of the best teachers on earth. And I really wanted to join uh, that crew, but yeah, anyway, it's uh, I, I've kind of gone on long enough, but yeah, very excited about this. Uh, write me if you got any questions, assassinocoaching at gmail.com and uh, sign, sign up to get the discount, 30% discount. If you, uh, uh, if you sign up on pokerheadrush.com is the easiest way to do that. You just plug in your email address and boom, you're signed up and you get the 30% discount. Okay. And uh, let's go to the second question. It's from Lewis. Uh, hello, I have a question for the podcast. In the last couple of months, I've been on an upswing, running deep in simultaneous tournaments and making full uh, final tables almost every day. 
that feels good, but I prefer having a few bad days, not joking, because I will be more motivated to study. And it's, sorry, and isn't it happening with plus profit days? Uh, how can I consistently keep motivated to study? Thanks, and I hope you could answer. <laughs> This is like I'm sorry, I'm struggling. It was broken. It's English, okay, it's okay. Uh, this is like my penis is too big. What do I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm having a I'm a real sex addict. Like women just keep throwing themselves at me. I just I don't know what. You yeah, do. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, I no, I kind of under, I kind of understand because I, I went on like a massive upswing in 2009. Uh, 2008, 2009, I can't remember. It like started with the San Ramo cash, which was like for 200,000, and then it just kind of kept going. I kept making major final tables and stuff like that, and I wasn't like working on my game like period at that time. I just thought I had it figured out, and then uh, eventually I got a pretty rude awakening about like how good I was running, right? So I kind of understand, but. Uh, the the biggest thing is I, I think you just kind of have to cultivate a love for the game. And this is honestly something I I really struggle with the most. Uh, I, I really do enjoy poker. Uh, this it, it, It's honestly something I'm going to bring up with my mental coach the next time is like I have a real disdain, though, for poker players. Like uh, I just don't really like how they talk to a lot of people. I don't I don't really uh, I really do not care for how they talk to me. I really don't care how when I call them out, I become the jerk. You know what I mean? And then uh, it, it, it's uh, so like it's hard for me to like learn about poker. It's hard for me to like watch. It's hard for me to watch televised poker because I turn into like that, you know, like music critic snob, right? Like, did you hear that? Did you see that? Ugh. Like, you know, but you really have to kind of just cultivate. You got to find what you love about the game and drill that right so let's say you really enjoy like you know a friend of mine was having a hard time studying for a while but he loved watching the ept final tables right that all he wanted in life was an ept final table right like that's what he grew up dreaming about and he thought i was going to tell him like you know man go uh you know no 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 you should be uh you should be watching training videos right and uh I was like, no, man, go watch EPT final tables, like rekindle that, right? And uh, he did, and eventually he got excited, and then he went to the training videos, right? I think it's also good if you have like a discipline outside of poker. Like as I was learning, uh, I, I, you know, I started talking to people. I was like, look, I'm, uh, I clearly do not know how to rap, right? And I was talking to people who like had a lot of experience with it, right? And uh, I was like, you know, just kind of like teach me how I can flow better, how I can write better, right? And they were, they were, like, really helpful, right? And I was seeing, like, the really big strides that came with that, right? And then that kind of, like, something clicks in your head. It's like, that's probably possible with poker. You know what I mean? You get to a point with poker where it's like, I feel like I've learned a lot of things. The big thing is it, the, the, all the grandiose discoveries at some point uh, are taken up, right? Like, you don't... When you first come into poker, there's a lot of huge findings that really get you going, right? Afterwards, you kind of work on the minutiae, right? You have to really bust your ass to find what are the really good triple barrel spots, how you can manipulate people to fold the C-bets just a little too much. Uh, and a lot of people don't really care for that work, right? Uh, which is 
you know, thank God, thank the Lord, because if they did, I'd probably be out of the job uh, because a lot of these people are brighter than me. They just don't work. Uh, but they, uh, it, you, uh, it's really good if you have something else that you, some something to do with performance. That you, like if you're really into golf, like I would really encourage like getting a coach. And like if you make some like great strides with your swing, I think that just getting into the habit of like learning things and really enjoying it. And I mean this this is something we have to do with all of life, right? You have to you have to cultivate like a love for a lot of things, right? Like a lot of, like I hear a lot of people, educated people do this thing where it's like, uh, uh, like I, I don't watch television. Like I, I just don't, like I'll have like sports on in the background, but like, I'm not really paying attention to that. Right. But I don't want to be these people who go like, I read, I don't watch TV. Right. I don't have a TV in my house because nine out of 10 of those guys are like reading like, uh, you know, they're reading like spy novels, which is like, okay, that's fine, but you're not really learning anything from that, right? Uh, and, uh, but if you read a book like, uh, uh, if you read a book about like, uh, I, I'm reading a book right now called, uh, about uh, acceptance and commitment therapy, which is really like training your mind to be a lot more mindful, like how to like uh, avoid letting your mind get carried away. And that's like a discipline to take throughout the day, right? So like it's a study and then there's progress and it, it's, you know, it, it, you end up feeling like really good as you make progress, right? I, I, you, there's a thousand examples of this. One, one more is like empathy, right? Like uh, if you feel like, God, I'm just such a hateful person, I really wish I could get rid of that, right? You can work on that. You can practice on that, right? Like deliberate practice should be a central, uh, uh, should be a central like core belief inside your life. And so like one of those, I was trying to work on being more accepting of people. So uh, this made me almost die inside, but I tried to listen to some Bernie Sanders supporters for a couple hours. And uh, I found actually we had a lot of similarities. Like I believe government is grossly inefficient. They believe government is grossly inefficient as well, right? They, uh, in, uh, it, it, we, we could, you know, gel on that. And then when we were gelling on that, and I, I would say like, well, you know, see, here's my thing. We both think government's in, inefficient. I want government to be smaller because I think they wouldn't have the capability to do this. And they go, well, we're th our thing is we just want it to be more efficient because we think we could afford a lot of this stuff already. And I'm like, well, now I understand you a lot more and I feel a lot better and I'm a lot less hateful, uh, you know, and then I ended up being able to like joke about things and actually get my point across a few times. And it was a good experience, right? And then it was like, what other progress could be capable of? And then it all comes back to your poker game, right? If you're making progress in a lot of things in your life, uh, it, it kind of gets addicting. You really want to take it to other, uh, you want to take it to other uh subjects right and eventually that's going to make its way to poker right so i think uh, another uh surely you're joking mr Feynman is a wonderful book uh it's about a it's about one of the guys one of the creators of the atomic bomb and it's essentially his adventures in life yeah it's good i've read you've read yeah. it yeah isn't it yeah. isn't it doesn't he have like the greatest view on life ever like yeah. isn't he the happiest guy he like 
he writes entire essays about how, how he got like ants to like go into a line that he wanted them to do when he spent all day like getting them to do it or like something I really admired is like he he has an entire chapter about he, the, the one he wrote about like seeing a childbirth like the day after they dropped the atomic bomb is like one of the toughest things I ever read. The person who recommended this book to me was Japanese was the crazy thing. And he was like, this like really restored like my faith in humanity reading what this guy, because the guy went over to Japan afterward to like restructure it. Right. And he always felt really conflicted about it. And, uh, but like his essays about like learning Japanese are hilarious because I studied Japanese for four years. And it's like, this is the, this is one of the smartest people who's like ever lived. And even he got sick of Japanese. He couldn't figure it out because he's like, there's a tense for this. There's a tense for that. There's a tense for this. And then there's a polite tense. And then there's a tense for if they're wearing yellow shoes on a Thursday autumn afternoon. And then he just, yeah, he goes nuts. But Tim Ferriss is also great. Like Tim Ferriss's blog, Tim Ferriss's podcast, him like rapidly learning and expanding things. It's like if you can learn how to do that, that's like really it it just gets addicting. And I think that will start corresponding into other parts of your life. Yeah, it's it's like what you said, you touched on with Tiger Woods, like it's easy at the top. Nobody feels like they need any coaching or anything or doing it. And then, you know, sometimes you get that check like the downswing or some outside forces and other aspects of your life and that that knocks you back and then then it makes you sort of re-collaborate and stuff so yeah enjoy the upswing but yeah keep keep studying save save your money (laughs) take take a piece of paper write your five best friends uh and if anybody asks to borrow money from you you look at that list if their name's not on that list don't do it okay um, am I on your list, Alex? Huh? Yeah, yeah, you would be. You would. Right, you, I mean, I'll, 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 give, I'll give you. I'll speak to you after the show about that. I'll give, yeah. you, I'll give you. I'll give you twenty dollars in a Pez dispenser if I feel. Like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's get on to the next question. Last question for today. It is. Um. What one will we go for? I think we'll go into this one. This is a lot. More, I think this will be like you know a nice question for you to finish on. All right. It is it is from Mark. Um, hi Barry and Alex, I really enjoy your podcast. Highlight of my week. Well, thanks for that, Mark. Um, uh, much appreciated. Yeah, it really is. Um, my question is, what do you think of massive online series events like Scoop and the same on other networks? I am a semi-professional player who takes pride in using strict bankroll management. I seem to always cruise along nicely, then sort of get sucked into these big series. The variance is huge, as the fields are massive, obviously. I feel like it would be best sometimes to just ignore them, and maybe take time off and study, or just time off for a break, then resume playing my normal, profitable games. Hope you can answer. Thanks. Uh, Well, I would... uh, uh, First off, Mark, uh, thank you. Thank you for your kind words about the podcast. We will definitely not glass you. We, we really, we really appreciate it. No, uh, but on a serious note, uh, I, I, I really agree with you. I, uh, you know, I've had uh, the last couple of years. I haven't had like astounding success, but I felt really good about my poker game. Um, you know, there were definitely times I could have. Um, I, I needed to learn a little bit more, and I'm kind of glad I. 
eventually got around to it. Like, I, I eventually figured out what was missing. But it, it, it's really interesting. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm kind of like you, like, lately I've been playing late at night. I've been playing, like, mostly, like, $100 tournaments, $50 tournaments, because people are just really bad in those. And first place is still, like, a couple thousand, right? And uh, I'm just, like, not losing money when I do that, right? Like, if I have a loss, it's a small loss. If I have a win, it's, pretty, it's a decent size. And uh, it, it's been really enjoyable. Like, I'm really enjoying, like, that. And then I looked over the last few years, and it was like, what was my misery what was like the times that were the most tough? And it's like, it's all these scoops that are $50,000 a shot. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and, uh, there, there's a lot of, uh, and also like, you know, I go to Vegas and I played the Bellagio cup for like four hours. I made a terrible call and it's like, well, there's $10,000. Like it would take me weeks to lose $10,000 online. Right. And I would have to be playing my worst game. Right. And it was just like, Oh, I, I flubbed one hand, like pretty seriously. And uh, not, not like I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have played it the way I did. I just I, I, I expect I'm not most people. And, uh, it, and it, it was good because it made me like go back to the drawing board and really figure it out. But it's like the type of poker I like making is like making money. And a lot of that's kind of being a junk man, like find the games. A lot of people don't want to play. Uh uh, times people don't want to play strategies people don't want to employ because they think it just looks too stupid doing everything that ensures my you know natural talent doesn't need to like you know i i don't ever want to put myself in a spot where i have to rely on my sick gut instincts right i i'm going to take advantage of every edge i can and that's really when i start stacking up the money and not really losing right and uh it's just much more enjoyable. It's much more fun. You shouldn't take the time off during like Scoop or W Coop um, because there's going to be a lot of people playing online who are uh, really like out of practice and uh, they're not going to be paying that good of attention when they're playing your tournaments. Uh, I, I don't plan on playing like any Scoop events, like period. Like I, I just, I don't want to. I don't feel like it. I got work to do. I got more books coming out. I got, by the way, I make a lot more money off the side of poker than I ever made on the foul, right? I, I don't, and uh, it's just not worth it to me, right? It's just, and, uh, you know, the, and it's also because the other, you know, players are really good now, and it's, a, you have to, you have to get a little lucky to win these, and it's like, that would be fun, you know, I'll, I'll definitely play like, you know, like the Sunday Millions and stuff like that, but I'm not going to like, go out of my way to like play these like 2k like cubed events or something like that. You know what I mean? And a lot of these guys don't realize it's like, well, you know, so-and-so is a great live reg and he wanted these, one of these events. I'm like, did you watch that hand history? If like four flips did not go his way, he would be negative a hundred K for the last like two scoops. Right. And it's like, everybody's like, everybody's looking at the top 1%. It's like, and poker stars also just really flattens the payouts and, like, they speed things up at times I really don't like. They, they, to, to their credit, there's a lot of tournaments during Scoop that are slow and are good. And I really do enjoy Scoops and W Coops. Like, I really enjoy playing the tournaments. I just, one, I don't have the time. Two, I don't really have the money. I'm not, I'm not really ashamed of saying that. I don't have $50,000 sitting around to play 5,000 hands of poker. Like a lot of people go, would you put $50,000 down on 5K hands? Would you do that? No, 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 of course not, right? And that's 
If you have a bad scoop, you will play 5K hands. That is it, okay? If you have a good scoop, you might play 8K hands, right? I, do you know how easy it is to run bad over 8,000 hands? I looked at a database the other day of a really good player for his statistics last, uh, last three months. Uh, he's running horrible over 56,000 hands. That's 11 scoops, right? And uh, it, it, furthermore, okay, I'll give you my – this is not a boo-hoo bad at beat story, okay, because uh, I, I, I'm doing fabulously well in life. I'm, but, like, I looked at uh, my PokerStar statistics uh, in 2015. Uh, uh, EV win rate, nine big blinds per hundred, which is astoundingly good for mostly high stakes. What actually happened? 0.5 big blinds per hundred, you know? So, and that was over, uh, I think that was over like 100,000 hands, right? So you can run that bad, right? And it, if, it, if it wasn't 100,000, it was not, you know, it could, it, there, it was no less than like, uh, even if it was half that, 50,000 hands, right? That would be 11 scoops, right? To be honest with you, I can't remember the exact number, but like, it, it was like, I didn't play that much, though, in 2015. I, I didn't study my ass off the way I normally do. So I, I don't even consider me really deserving of running well. But there's like, that kind of stuff happens, right? Now, if you put that much, you know, if you spread out $50,000 on like 200, 250K hands, and you really, fo- you know, more hours, less tables is my is my theory, right? More hours, less tables, right? Really focusing on it, really focusing. You'll, you'll find you can turn a lot of like what would have been like burnouts into like small caches and stuff. And you can take advantage of a lot of bad players. Those players just aren't really present when it comes to like W Coop and Scoop. I mean, they're there sometimes in the big open events. A lot of times they're not though. Like if you're going to play like every day, so, you know, I would say pick like three or four events you really want to play, save up for them and pretend that money's gone. Uh, otherwise, just keep studying, keep on, you know, keep on rocking in the free world. That means anywhere besides poker stars, you know, uh, just any, uh, just like any site. I mean, there's so many sites. AmericasCardGym.com. Yeah, exactly. America's <laughs> Card. That, that is honestly the site I play on the most. Uh, that, it's a crazy amount of action. A lot and tons of bad players. There's so many people that come in, you know, because there's a sports book, right? And it's like, oh, I want to put money on the game, right? I, I got to put money on this baseball game because it's boring as hell otherwise. Ooh, there's poker, right? And then uh, they, they just keep going for that. By the way, I don't bet on sports. That wasn't a reference to myself. I put $30 on one football game in my life. I lost and then uh, my wife found out, and I, <laughs> you know, she she was like, why do you bet on sports? And I was like, I don't know. That's a great question, right? Like, that's so stupid. It's like, you. she was like, yeah, you told me you would never play against the house. I was like, yeah, good point. Like, that was really, really, really stupid, right? And it was like, yeah, it, 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 but anyway, like, a lot of people come in, like, from, uh, you know, like they come in to gamble on America's card room and it's awesome, right? You want to find sites like that. There's tons of like small sites with better payout structures. Frankly, the structures for the tournaments are a lot better on America's card room. You have a lot of time to work, right? I was playing one of their lower six tournaments last night. I final table the $30 5k guaranteed, by the way, uh, follow me on, uh, Twitter or just go to my Twitter page and you can see, a bunch of free training videos, right? Or sign up for my mailing list at pokerheadrush.com. And uh, you can watch this final table 
that I played. But yeah, it was a $30 5K guarantee. And typically the $30 tournaments are a little little faster, right? I had a lot of time to work, like a lot of time to work. And I ended up, uh, you know, getting through some rougher patches and finishing like fourth and having a really good session. Whereas on stars, it's like, did you lose the flip? Then you're out <laughs> trying to make a career from this asshole. And uh, yeah, anyway, it's uh, how dare you take money off, right? It's uh, like, I don't, I don't know. It's not even like dumb. It's just like, I, I don't know if it's like an evil empire decided to buy a poker site. It's like, you know, let's say these people, you know, this 5% of people are making 95% of the profits. Well, of course they cut the VIP program because to them, it's like, why would we want to give them more money? Right. Because then, uh, why don't we try to take that money and try to give it to like, uh, try to get recreational players in, right? But they're not trying to give the money to recreational players. They want the recreational players to come in and lose, right? Uh-huh. And are not lose, just be a slight loser for the rest of their life. And they don't like big winners because that means there's somebody's a big loser. So yeah, essentially, uh, essentially they're the left. They're socialists. No losers in this game. No losers in this game. Everybody's a slight loser. Everybody is slightly poor. Whereas, yeah, America's Cardinal is that glorious free market United States of dreams. Anyway, and thirty percent rate back if you sign 27 up. Twenty-seven percent. Yeah, exactly. One of our twenty-seven percent. Twenty-seven percent. Yeah. If you click on the advert no, on oneout.com, that rate back—that rate back thousands of dollars, man. Like that's a lot of money, and it's like they're just—they're cutting it on every other site. What other site do you know still has rate back? Like seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like they're big enough, they don't have to offer that. But they know they, they know what they know what makes uh, they to me they're like realists. You know what I mean? They're just I I'll, I'll be honest with you. There's sometimes like I can tell they're fans of poker. They're they're not. You know what I mean? They're doing a few things like I, I think I could fix. But like uh, I, for the most part, you can tell they're just like it, I'm gonna make a good site and y'all can play. That's that's as much work as I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Like, I, I believe if I just set it and leave it, it'll be like the old poker stars, which was just a fair game, good benefits, good customer service. And it, this is better than poker stars ever was. Like when something's wrong with America's card room, I call the hotline and I'm talking to someone in four minutes and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me get that. The last time mm-hmm. I sent an email to any other poker, I sent, OK, I sent. 10 emails like a week ago, right? Like I need my largest balance ever, right? For the last year for my taxes. I got, I'll be honest about who I got responses from. America's card room, party poker, like within a day, no one else has written me back. No one, (laughs) like no one else, right? And like the old poker stars would be like, hey, how you doing? Okay, let me get you your full, uh, let me get you your full, uh, uh, break down here and uh, here here's your highest balance good luck to you and I'd be like okay cool thank you and like now it's just like like you could have done this yourself you know like deal with it like and it's like okay thanks guys I <laughs> I feel yeah. really valued <laughs> right yeah they've, def- they've definitely changed yeah I don't uh, anyway I guess okay all right oh crap I gotta go to my next meeting yeah Okay, Alex, before you do, how can people get in touch with you for private coaching and all your extras? Yeah, write, write me for private coaching or if you've got any questions about the new webinar at assassinocoaching at gmail.com. 
Uh, also follow me on Twitter at the Assassinato. Uh, sign up for my mailing list at PokerHeadRush.com and check out PokerHeadRush.com for pretty much just about everything we got going. And uh, when you get done, uh, on Poker Head Rush, uh, yeah, there's pretty much there's all the trip reports, all the blogs, uh, all the strategy articles, all the battle rap videos, all that good stuff. So, you know, be sure to check all that out. And, uh, yeah, uh, check out me on YouTube, uh, Assassinato Coaching, uh, twitch.tv slash the Assassinato. Uh, just look for those updates. Sign up, sign up for that mailing list. That's the easiest way. Uh, that's the easiest way to get a bunch of content. Okay, and until the next time, thanks for listening. Keep your questions coming in for Alex. Email questions at oneouter.com and we will get them read out. Until next week, thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers. America's Card Room is bringing the Online Super Series 6. From April 15th to April 24th, you'll find 76 killer events spread out over 10 days with buy-ins as low as 6 cents. The OSS 6 has $2.5 million in prize pools, including the $1 million guaranteed tournament on Sunday, April 24th. Only at America's Card Room.